Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, June 28, 2018, and this is the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting. Today we're reading from the big book and we are on page 76, the fourth paragraph, which is the last paragraph, which begins, probably there are still some misgivings. Comments will be focused just on that paragraph. Today's readers are for the OA 12 Steps, Esther F., the 12 Traditions, Sandy L. Readers of the text this morning are Russ M., Allison L., and Waiting in the Wings, Katie G. The share ID number for yesterday's special edition, June 24th, which was at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, is 11577, 11,577. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. And I will now ask Esther F. to read OA's 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 steps. Number one. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, 
sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. My pass. Thanks so much, Esther F. And I'll now ask Sandy L. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Good morning, everyone. 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but sorts of servants. They do not burn. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise. Thus, problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual function of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thanks very much, Sandy L. How our meeting works. Our, our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. And then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. But today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 76 
reading one paragraph only, which is the last paragraph on the page. It begins with, uh, probably there are still some misgivings. And I have asked Russ M. to read this for us. Good morning. Good morning, Nita. Good morning, everyone. It's Russ M., recovered compulsive reader outside of Philly. Probably there are still some misgivings. As we look over the list of, our, of business acquaintances and friends we have heard, we may feel different about dealing to some of them on a spiritual basis. Let us be reassured. For some people, we need not and probably should not emphasize the spiritual feature on our first approach. We might prejudice them. At the moment, we are trying to put our lives in order. But this is not an end in itself. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. It is seldom wise to approach an individual who still smarts from our injustice to him and announce that we have gone religious. In a prize ring, this would be called leading with the chin. Why lay ourselves open to being branded fanatics or religious boars? We may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message. But our man is sure to be impressed with a sincere desire to set right the wrong. He's going to be more interested in the demonstration of goodwill than in our talk of spiritual discoveries. Whew. So, yeah, I guess we don't want to come at him like, you know, we found religion. And in my, my own case, people already knew that was like a holy roller. You know, my family, my friends, people I heard. So that held no war. That was just like, they couldn't trust anything I said anyway. So I had to do it through the action and emphasize that, look, I'm trying to be, I'm contrite, and I want to make up for what I've done. And uh, that's only really by doing it. You know, this whole, this, this whole paragraph, you know, tells me not to lay down, not to say, you know, like uh, over, I don't want to say over apologize, but just lay down and leave with the chin, like it says, because then that sets you up for bad relationships going forward. You know, if you come with sincerity, admit your faults, clean up what you got to clean up, try to make it up to the person, then it's on them. You've done everything you could do. And we have to do it in our actions. You know, I, I, I'm a very good talker in a way. Like, you know, I could BS you. I always say that because that's part of my how I protected myself my whole life. But you got to do the work. I have to do the work. I have to do the action. You know, you know, I've hurt my family so much, my kids, my wife, the whole deal. Everybody I came across, I beat up. So if I said, and I told them many times I wasn't hurting them. And they got hurt anyway. So my talk has always been cheap. And the key to this paragraph for me is just letting them know you're sincere, whether you get beat up or not, whether they give it to you or not, whether they unload on you or not, try to be non-emotional, and just do the action. You know, I, I, uh, St. Francis of Assisi says, preach the gospel if necessary, use words, right? Here, I see this and I say, you know, live this program. You know, do, shut your mouth and do what you have to do. Let your actions speak louder in your words. Thanks a lot for letting me share. You have a beautiful day, everyone. I appreciate all of you. Have a great one. Thanks so much, Russ M. 
All right. Who else would like to comment on this? Elizabeth D. Wait, who was the first person? Who was the first person before Elizabeth? Harlan G. Harlan. Oh, my goodness. Couldn't understand you. Larry K. Larry K. Ginger C. Dorita P. Ginger C. Dorita P. All right, let's stop right here. I think that there's a bunch in here. Um, and so let me tell you who I have, and you tell me if there's a voice I missed. So Harlan G., Elizabeth, Barbara E., Larry K., Ginger C., and Dorita P. Is there another voice? All right, then let's go. Let's start off with Harlan. Good morning. Oh, I see. Harlan? Can you hear me, everybody? We hear you. Okay, there no, I, I go. Can't okay, hear. there I go. Okay, there I go. hear you, Anita. You're good. Okay. All right, Harlan. Me. You've already you. used up a minute. All right, here, here <laughs> I'm going to go. Um, why am I still alive? Why did I survive? happened in my life at the hands of this vicious illness. It says here on page 77, since our real purpose is to set ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. That's why I'm here. A friend of mine in Tulsa, Oklahoma said to me quite a while ago, and I corroborated this through my surgeon, he said that the statistical measurement of somebody as overweight as I was, not only keeping that weight off for a year, but two years, three years, five years, and so on, it is zero. There is no way of measuring the probability because it is so close to zero. I am alive because I need to be, want to be, and should be of maximum service to God and the people about me. How do I do that? I do that by working my program. I do that by working my steps on an everyday basis and helping who I can help. I do that because, as Russ just said when he read Francis of Assisi, it says, preach the gospel, but if you must, use words. The bottom line is every one of us is carrying a message. Some of us are carrying the message of the illness. Some of us are carrying the message of the recovery. If we can carry the message of the recovery, we can save lives. This is a vicious, vicious addiction that afflicts far too many people and in the darkness and the filth of this illness, there is a ray of sunshine in each and every one of us who has recovered. And we can help others by continuing to recover and reaching out to them. There is no greater joy, there is no greater purpose, and there is no greater miracle. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. Oh, wonderful, Helen. All right, Elizabeth, you are next. Forgive the crosstalk. Amen, Harlan. It's Elizabeth D. I'm calling from um, the Boston area. I'm I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Um, probably there are some still some misgivings as we look over the list of business acquaintances and friends we have hurt. We may feel diffident about going to some of them on a spiritual basis. Uh, diffident. <laughs> In my case. 
there's one step eight and nine that comes to mind that was just a couple of years ago, which really was a breakthrough for me. Um, and it was the hardest apology or amends um, that I could envision ever making. This person marginalized me out of a job and was the ringleader of a whole, well, of a group of people at my job that um, made it possible for them to basically get me out of the job. And I had been in that position for 10 years. To say that I didn't dislike her doesn't even come close. So here I am uh, in these steps looking at that person's name on the top of the list and thinking about the harm that I had done and I had done a fourth step and was I ready to do, to do the amends? Oh boy, no way, never, uh-uh, ever, no, never. Even though I had identified my part and what went wrong, it took me a while, but the fourth step showed me the way. Basically, it showed me that, that I had created, in large part, the situation in which I had found myself by my denial, by my fear, by my selfishness, and by my um, dishonesty. I myself had set the ball rolling for this situation. I'm not excusing how, it, how I was managed, but that is the reality. I played a very large part. So, what, so here's what I did. I did what my, what my recovered guide told me to do. I, I prayed for her for three weeks, and somehow over the course of a few months, um, I, um, I prayed for this person and the willingness came and I made the amends and I felt the immediate presence at, of, and flow of my higher power coming through me as I made that amends and it was not easy. It was complicated. It needed, I needed a lot of time working with my uh, recovered guide to come to the word come up with the words that would be a proper and appropriate amends to make. And the promises have come true for me. Recently, I was reminded of this person, and my daughter and I were together at a place where um, this person's... Okay, bottom line is, uh, not only do I forgive this person, but I'm grateful to her for the, uh, for the lessons that I have learned. I'm grateful to my higher power and uh, to the founders for this program that have set me free, and I pass. Wonderful. Thank you, Elizabeth C. And Barbara E., and then it'll be Larry. Uh, good morning. This is, this is Barbara E. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. When I went to make my amends, or in some case had to do it over the phone, I did not choose to mention 12-step program. I did at first, but I got a little blowback from a few of them. Oh, you're doing this because you have to. So I just switched to saying something has been weighing on my heart. And I want to say I'm so sorry that I... I hear a lot of static. That's not coming from me, by the way. I am so sorry that I, and I'm very specific, and I promise I will never do that again. Wow. 
Wow. Another thing that I want to apologize sincerely for was, and I explained myself, and that I will never do it again. The important thing is that I'm going to be working, and I don't say this to them, on making myself of maximum service from that point on, from those amends on, maximum service to God and the people I encounter every day of my life, making amends for practicing or doing something incorrect, and praying that I will have the strength with God's help of doing the opposite of those pesky defects that keep on cropping up. So when my inclination is to bite back with a sarcastic word, I always try and exhibit the four Ps. I pray, I pause, I ponder, and then I proceed. And I say to myself, how would I feel if someone said or did that to me? And if the answer is not good, then I don't do it. Yesterday, my husband and I drove to New Rochelle, New York, from New Jersey, to spend the day with our cousins. Why am I telling you that? I, we would not be doing this if I had not had the courage to make amends to her for something that transpired 36 years ago. I did it over the phone, left the message, she called me back, and we've been reunited ever since. We see each other twice a year. We love each other to death. We are very close. I call her my sister from another mother, even though he is my actual biological cousin. This would not have happened if I had not been inspired to do this, actually by another woman at a face-to-face meeting. Thank you so much. I pass. Thanks so much, Barbara E. Anita, are you still there? Press star one. If not, I think uh, Larry Kay is next to speak. Well, I'm I'm here, <laughs> Mel. Well, good, good. Should I'll I, take you. Should I go? Thank you. Okay. I, okay. I, cool. I, say, I say yes. I'm ready. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, thanks so much, Mel. Um, you know, the um, it, it says our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and to the people about us. And I've heard it said that, you know, that the future is a world that is limited only by ourselves. And, and, and in it, we discover what concerns us. So, you know, here I am, I'm in step nine, and I'm striving, you know, in the future. But if, we, if I strive, what I strive for in the future, near or long term, it shapes what I think and feel and do in the present. So I... In effect, I become the very thing that I pursue. And, and if my main purpose is to pursue a physical transformation only, I can assure you, because I, I tried it, didn't know it, but looking back, I tried it. I can assure you, you'll get nothing more and more likely, in my experience, a whole lot less. So the translation for me, what we're reading in the big book, is teaching me that if my primary motivation for cleaning up my side of the street is a selfish one, perhaps as a means of unburdening myself, getting relief as a way to lose weight, 
if I'm only interested, you know, in setting the right, you know, set, setting right the wrongs that I had done to get a prize, then I'm not going to get much here. There's a, you know, if we look at this program, there's a lot of folks that work the steps and don't get well. You can work these steps and not get well. If we work them with the wrong motivation, the wrong attitude, and the paradox is the prize never comes as long as I'm pursuing it for selfish reasons. Rather, it only begins to, to materialize when I stop chasing after it to get something different rather than become something different. And I find it interesting that you can take two people in recovery here, two people on the line, let's say they've both been in OA for five years, and they'll reconstruct their memories of their experience in recovery in strikingly different ways depending on the goal that pulled them forward, right? So the first person might be pursuing a weight loss goal and that sort of thing. The second person may be pursuing a complete spiritual transformation, where they can be of maximum service to God and to those about them. There's a, a big difference in the pull, right? In fact, in their very memories of recovery experiences will be dramatically different. Your experience of this program will always be filtered and edited by your particular goals. It will be filtered and edited by what's pulling you forward. So what am I chasing after, a physical change? Or am I open to being brought into a complete alignment with God where I'll be changed in profound ways and to be of maximum service to God? That's a metamorphosis. Totally different. Thank God for this program. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you very much, Larry Kay. Sorry, folks, I had to dial back in. Ginger C., you are up, and then it'll be Dorita. Good morning, Anita. Thank you so much for your service. And um, Ginger C., recovered compulsive overeater from Chicago, visiting this wonderful, windy city, and hello to all my beautiful Chicago friends. Um, yeah, this first paragraph, this first sentence, probably there are still some misgivings. Absolutely. And I was diffident, and the definition for diffident is modest or shy because a lack of self-confidence. Because my, my sponsor, and thank God for how he followed precisely this work and knew that these amends are so vital to my recovery, these face-to-face, -face, most direct way that they can be made, held me to this work. Because when he said I had to, again, make that amends to my mother, I was about throwing up at the other end of the line, and I told him, First of all, no, and then maybe like in a couple years. And he's like, you don't have a couple years. So thank God for this transformation that happens because to me the rubber hits the road in these Step 9 amends. This is when I really get to look at me and how I'm behaving and acting and showing up in this thing called life. And I have caused harm, absolutely. And now I have a chance to go and say, I am so sorry for how I act and make amends for that part that I get to own and accept because I don't want to continue creating harm. I've created enough. So I'm just so grateful. You know, I'm in Chicago and I'm in the same place that I grew up and I was born. And I'm not thinking about the pain of my mother's alcoholism and my abandonment issues and how she left me when I was five. No, I'm thinking about these amazing trees that she would take me on these drives up the North Shore up um, Sheridan Road, talking about God through these trees and remembering the beauty and the gifts that she did give me. 
And that's because of this work. My heart opened up and changed, and I was transformed by making that direct amends. And I'm just so grateful again that my sponsor didn't let me off, and he guided me, and he guided with me love and courage and strength and direction and saying with this work. Because today, my most important thing is this beautiful sentence, our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. God, who would you have me be, and what would you have me do? I get to suit up and show up. I get to wash, rinse, and peat and try to fit myself to do these principles and to have this gift come through because so many today still on this line and outside our doors are in pain and suffering and they see no light and they see no hope. And if you're a recovered person and you're in 10, 11, and 12 and you're maintaining this, your light is shining bright because that's God's love coming through you. So don't let it go out. And with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Ginger C. Dorita P., you are next. Good Thank you. Thank you. Is this Melanie C.? This is Anita J. Oh, Anita J. Thank you, Anita J. Uh, my name is Dorita Pippen. Oops, I'm sorry. My name is Dorita P., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland. And I am really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, and I'm so grateful I have a seat here. Yeah, so it says at the moment. So while we're doing these amends, uh, at the moment, we are trying to put our our lives in order, but this is not an end in itself. Um, Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. And then later on in the paragraph it says, uh, well, it doesn't say these words, but I'm saying if we're not careful with making these amends, um, we may kill a future opportunity to carry a beneficial message. And that is so true. I'm just thinking of two amends, one from a long time ago. It was an ex-boyfriend and the reason I, I wanted to make amends to him, and by the way, I'm, I tried to make these amends without any kind of guidance. You know, I think even at that point, I hadn't even had a sponsor yet, maybe. Or maybe I did, but I didn't go to her. Um, and it didn't work out well at all. In fact, I was making amends so that we could get back together. And I, I was really, honestly, I was really a stalker. You know, I was stalking him you know, calling and calling and calling. So anyway, um, so I felt really bad and I, I, I resented him, uh, you know, for not accepting my apology and not taking me back. But I, I, I pray, you know, in the back of this book, I, I can't remember which page, but it talks about the resentment prayer. And I prayed and prayed and prayed for him and, and I prayed for what I would want for myself. So I prayed for his health, his well-being, uh, his prosperity. I pray for all of that. And um, I feel wonderful about him now. I haven't had contact with him, but if I was to see him, uh, and it's funny because he's a twin, and I ran into his twin, um, and I had a relationship with his twin, not not a romantic relationship, but a friendship with his twin. Uh, I hadn't seen him, but, you know, the resentment was gone. And if I ever see him, um, then I'll be loving and kind and all of that to him. And then just to wrap up, a recent uh, amends, uh, my cousin, I had to make a quick amends to him, and he, he accepted, you know, in fact, he said it was really no problem. But 
uh, he, later, uh, like two weeks later, three weeks later, he came to me recently, like the other day, and, and, and confided in me and to- told me that his teenage daughter is pregnant. So he came to me. Uh, out of everybody, he came to me. So I didn't ruin, I didn't ruin our relationship. Oops. I didn't ruin our relationship. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thanks very much, Dorita P. Well, I'm opening it up again. We're on the last paragraph on page 76, starting with probably. Who else? Liz T. Kathy G. Melissa C. Liz, Liz T. Kathy. Melissa. Jeanette, Jeanette S. Jeanette Rose. S. Rose. Rose. Betsy Rose. Q.K. Rose and Betsy. Okay, let's stop there. Let's hope we get to everybody. I think we will. So I, this is what I have, or it's a close facsimile to it. Liz, T, Kathy, Melissa, C, Jeanette F, Rose, and Betsy. All right, Liz T, good morning. Hi, good morning, Anita J. This is Liz T in Minnesota, a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. Oh, just to say those words. And to be able to say I'm practicing the entire abstinence and I, I know what that is and someone explained that to me and walked me through that and has walked me through the steps is such a gift. I'm so grateful. Um, I love the line we talked about this morning on our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. You know, um, I have to admit, when I first stumbled into OA, that was about the last thing on my mind. It was all about what can you guys do for me? Give me your diet. Give me all your tricks. And I want all the information today. (laughs) And when I heard it's a process and it takes time and the spiritual path, you know, wow, that that took a little while to, to sink in. And I can tell you today that after going through the steps and working this program, um, I really do feel like, you know, what is my purpose? My purpose is to fit myself uh, to be of maximum service to God and the people about us because serving me and my ego got me nowhere. Serving myself, me, myself, and I, and my ego got me deeper into the disease, deeper into the food, deeper into resentments, deeper into the bedevilments. Um, so I know that going back there, um, what, what that will bring me. So, um, uh, the other part I just wanted to share on too, that I was kind of thinking about as others were sharing is this step nine. I mean, I remember when I first came in the rooms and saw this 12 steps on the wall and I zoned in on step eight and nine and said, what the heck, I'm going to have to do that. And um, today I can say, thank you, God, I got to do, I get to do that. Um, I get to clean things up that I used to eat over, and I don't need to go back to the food over those things, you know. And when I'm in step one, when I'm still in the food, I don't need to worry about step eight and nine yet. Those are down, those are several steps down the road. And that was helpful for me when, when one of our mentors on this line reminded me of that. Liz, stay in the step you're in. Don't worry about sponsoring when you're in step one. When you're just putting down the food, don't worry about your step four yet. Lean in, 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 in. Some wonderful feedback and wonderful 
guidance um, from our recovered fellows that we get in this beautiful program and this beautiful phone line. Um, so I think that's about all I have to share this morning to stay in the step we're in. And um, and I do have a step nine amends um, that, mm-hmm. that came up that I realized I need to do that didn't come up on my original inventory. So I have a new one to work through. So I'm grateful for that. I will pass. Thank you, Liz T. Uh, Kathy, you are up. Is there a Kathy? If if not, hi Anita. Oh, so sorry, Anita. I, I was unmuted there, or I was muted rather. But good morning, everyone. Uh, thanks for your service, Anita. It's Kathy G from Illinois, recovered compulsive overeater. And I was thinking as I'm listening, um, I, I just pressed uh, star zero to see that there's 320 people on the line this morning, and I bet um, some of you are newcomers. And I thought if you just happen to jump in this morning and listen and you're hearing about making amends to people you have harmed, you might be thinking, what does this have to do with me losing weight? What does this have to do with me putting down the food? So I just wanted to offer a little hope this morning. And I'm going to just jump ahead a little to page 89 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous because the reason that you're going to want to do this step and not avoid it is because life will take on new meaning. And you're going to watch other people recover and you're going to watch loneliness vanish, and you're going to see a fellowship grow up around you, and you're going to have a host of friends. You won't want to miss it. And actually, frequent contact with newcomers and with each other is going to be the bright spot of your lives. And this weekend, had I not done steps eight and nine, I would have missed the gifts, the the abundance of gifts that, that God had for me this weekend and for many of us. One of our fellows was listening, um, was visiting from Colorado, and she came to a meeting, and some of us had talked to each other, and a meeting that was five people was just packed to the gills into the hall with people. It must have been over 30 people there, and it was so beautiful to get to meet her and spend time with her, and... Um, Then I ended up getting to go to the beach with her and hanging out and sharing on a beautiful day and laughing. And this was such a great joy that I can't can't even express it. It's like I have another sister from another state, you know, that I didn't even know. And had I not done steps eight and nine, I would have missed this. And then a woman, uh, we went out to lunch or some of us got together after the meeting and she decided she was going to put together another spontaneous meeting. So then the woman from Colorado brought a friend, and we all got to have another meeting on Sunday morning. And I met another person who I look forward to um, learning from and gleaning from. And So anyway, I just, you know, it is hard to do some of this stuff, but it's probably going to turn out better than you even think it could. So I just I would encourage you to keep going you know, just for today. But thanks so much for letting me share. I pass. Thanks so much, Kathy G. Melissa C. followed by Jeanette X. 
Hi, good morning, Anita. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive Overeater in New York, and um, I'm just going to look at my timer. Um, yeah, so this is like a personality change. When we talk about a transformation, um, it's not just the physical transformation. It's the internal. It's the personality change, and it's where, um, you know, I grew from being concerned with being happy and comfortable to being concerned with being useful and of maximum service to God and those about me. And, you know, and so when, when I went out to make amends, you know, I had this, I had this resentment um, against um, a, a niece and a nephew who um, I love them dearly, but it was like this little thing inside me. I felt like they weren't really, um, as they were adults now, they weren't really um, coming to me and, 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 and forming a close relationship with me the way I wanted them to. It wasn't following my script. And, um, and then when I, you know, looked at my resentment, I recognized I was guilty of this exact same thing to an aunt. You know, I, I was doing the same thing that I was feeling sad about was happening to me. And, I, you know, and so I had a particular aunt who um, has been a, a difficult person forever. And so the majority of the family doesn't speak with her. She's an older woman at this point. Um, she doesn't speak to her children. She's, she's, she's bitter. She's a very sad woman. And, but I realized, I, I, you know what, if I was sad about this happening to me, then I needed to make some amends to her because I wasn't a good niece. And when I called her, um, she didn't want to talk to me. She hung up on me. And I, and I realized, you know, the part here where it talks about demonstration, she didn't want my words. She wanted me to reach out to her on a regular basis. And so I did. And I found out the maximum service that I was able to do here was I was able to help my mother and her um, mend their relationship. And my, my mother and her are both in their 80s. And, you know, um, and their time together is short. There were sister-in-laws who were close. And I've been able to bring my mother to go visit with her. And this would never, has nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do, how does this have anything to do with me and the resentment I felt towards my niece and nephew? Um, everything, you know, and, and I know that this was useful and so it happened in God's perfect timing, um, and it and it happened uh, without her saying, "Oh, I forgive you." And there was none of that. That that would be totally selfish. And um, so you know, it's just a demonstration of God's uh, amazing power. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Melissa C. Jeanette F. And then it'll be Rose. Hi, this, <clears throat> this is Jeanette S. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, Jeanette S. Recovered in Maybrook, New York. Um, what struck me is the word sit. And so I looked it up in the dictionary. Let's see. Our real purpose is to fit ourselves to be of maximum service to God and the people about us. So when I first read this, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm just learning how to not be a chameleon. And now you want me to be a chameleon again to fit myself into blah, 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 whatever it is, right? So here I am. I'm thinking I'm a square trying to fit in a round peg. So let me, so 
it's like, what do I, what is this fit myself into thing? Fit of suitable quality, standard, or type to meet the required purpose. That's the adjective. The verb, to be of the right shape and size for. So for, for me, that's the shape and size for is about my ego, the size of my ego. And of suitable quality and standard means to be connected to my higher power. That's, that's my quality, my standard, and my type for this purpose, for this required purpose. And, and I, do have an, I do have a selfish, selfish motive. I am doing, I did all these steps. I am doing all this work. I don't, did not have any willingness whatsoever. Like others say, willingness is overrated. I do this for complete, total selfish purposes to stay recovered so I can keep that 400 pounds between my ears out of there, off of there. Um, I believe there's no such thing as philanthropy. People do that because it makes them feel good. I do this because it makes me feel good. It keeps me out of the food. It keeps me from being crazy lady. And there are a whole ton, ton, ton of other benefits because of it. But if I stay connected to my source, my higher power, then I can be of maximum service. And I can be the quality standard and type to meet the required purpose to keep me out of the food, to keep me from being insane, and to to be able to, and then I can, just a side effect of that, is that I can be of maximum service to my higher power and the people about me. And with that, I pass. Thanks very much, Jeanette S. Uh, Rose followed by Betsy. Good morning. Hello? Hello. Oh, may I be heard? Yes, thank Hi. you. Uh, Rose doesn't go next? Rose doesn't go after Jeanette? Yes, is this Rose? Yes. Yeah, please go ahead. I didn't know the voice, so I thought it was Rose. But it's your Rose. Go for it. Thank you. The paragraph that was read reminds me that I need to make an amends to myself for over... 40 years of of self-harm and the health issues that have that have come of, come on me um and and the health issues that have that I've been experiencing now as well as still struggling to take care of those health issues and to do the actions that I need to do so that no additional health issues um come you know come come to me and um and it's difficult it's actually difficult to practice recovery it's it's difficult to practice the self respect and the self love that is taking the actions to make sure that my body and my mind are healthy. Um, and I pass. Well, thank you very much, Rose. What was the initial of your last name, Rose? First initial? A G is in George. 
Thanks very much. All right, now it comes, you know, Betsy, it's your turn. Betsy? Good morning. Is this Betsy? No, ma'am. Well, we had one other name here. Maybe I just misunderstood. All right, I will open. Oh, yes, please. Please go ahead, Betsy. Sorry, I couldn't get unmuted. This is Betsy QK. I'm from Colorado, currently in Chicago. And um, so I most recent time that I, I did this step, my sponsor said, okay, now you're going to be making a list of amends you're going to make immediately, maybe, and never. Well, it was really kind of a trick because <laughs> there aren't any amends that you never make um, except when to do so would injure them or others, but then of course your amends is a living amends to change your behavior and uh and right the wrong, you know, the, the defect within yourself. But the never, um, I was like I knew right away, I'm like, this is a trick because I'll have to make amends to my alcoholic mother who I don't have any contact with who did great harm. So I have made amends to her in the past. And unlike many other people on the line, I did not get the relief that I was hoping for. And I just heard something today that Larry said that made me realize probably why. And he said, if you're doing it for selfish reasons, then maybe you're not going to get what you want. And so I made that amends to her uh, more quickly than I was ready for more quickly than maybe God was ready for me to do because I wanted to please my sponsor, because I wanted to check it off my list, because I didn't want to think about it anymore. But that was all about me. I wasn't truly ready with, you know, God by my side to humbly uh, accept my part in a very difficult relationship where, you know, where truthfully I, I was harmed and continue to be. So uh, this time, she's on my list again, and I'm really praying that God will give me that willingness to do it in a humble way um, and not just to check it off my list, because I'm a list person. I've been making lists since I was, you know, since I could write. I'm, you know, it's like, let's make a list, let's check it off, it's done, and that's just not the way that this program works. It's like, you know, I have to feel it, I have to have God by my side. Um, the other thing is I had somebody on my list, and I went to make an amends them actually this week, and they couldn't meet with me. And then in between now and then, with more of a 10-step amends, my daughter called and told me that what I was making the amends about, uh, this unsolicited advice I had given this person, that he had actually taken it. And I felt guilty about giving him this unsolicited advice, but he had taken this advice, but he had upset his children in doing so. He's a widow, and he's dating again, and um, I had given advice to go for that. Thank you. Um, so, But I'm still going to make the amends because it's not about him or the advice. It's about that I didn't feel right about it. Thanks for letting me share. I passed. Thanks, Bessie. What was the initial of your last name? It's hyphenated. QK. 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 Yeah. QK. Thanks. Thank you. Let's see QK. All right. 
Uh, one more. Lady. All right, go for it. Hi, my name is Leia D. Recovered in Brooklyn, and this is a perfect topic today, and it's important. I have a younger brother. He's um, 11 years younger than seven, 11, seven, 11 years younger than me, and we hadn't spoken in 11 years. I made an amends last year, and I couldn't understand why I had to make an amends. You know, sometimes it hits you right away, and sometimes you like you go, "He's on the list. We're not talking. Why is that? Why is that? Why is that?" And God gave me the understanding that the reason I had to make an amends is because my mother and my family and the people in my life never taught me how to be a sister. What did it mean to be a sister to a younger brother? How do you have that relationship? And I reached out a year ago. We met. We spent three hours together. I made the amends. I explained that I didn't know. And I could try. And he wasn't sure if we could. Since then... We've seen each other twice. I had a tragedy in October. My husband suddenly passed away. And yesterday was the unveiling of my husband's stone. I sent my brother an invitation, like everyone else, an announcement, not an invitation, never expecting him to be there. And I pulled up, and the first one I saw was my brother. The feeling of knowing that my side of the street was clean and I can appreciate other people in my life, it's a miracle of God, not mine, because I don't know what I'm doing alone. God does for me what I can do for myself, and this morning I realized we lost our mother 25 years ago, and I realized today that we've never gone to the cemetery as a family. That word family is a really tricky one, and guys, if you haven't done this part, get a good guide, learn how, do it slow, don't rush, think it through, and the miracles that come back, in my opinion, tenfold. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Leia D. Uh, who wants two minutes? Two minutes share. Good morning. Yes, all Jody, right. You have EQ. To, who said good morning? You have two minutes. I will time you. Tell me your name, please. Tiffany. Tiffany, go ahead. Now it's more like a minute and a half. Go. I'm coming in to introduce myself and let everyone know I'm a new member. That's all. And to give my phone number if anyone wants to contact well, me. Well, that'll be in five minutes, Tiffany. We're going to have the newcomer greeter, okay? Yes, ma'am. Bye. All right. Don't go anywhere. Yes, all ma'am. Right. Uh, uh, Jody, or who was that? You have a yes. minute. Yeah, Jody. Oh. Good morning, everybody. This is Jody, EQ in California. I just quickly say, um, yes, uh, do use a sponsor. Do pray about every amends you make because it's it's really unfortunate when we do harm with our amends. With my ex-husband, uh, I, I tried to make amends with words far too early and uh, in a selfish way, no doubt. And, but, and he, 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 you know, after a while, words are meaningless. So really pray about it and uh, talk with your sponsor before doing amends. And uh, with, with enough prayer, you'll, it will work out just for the best. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much. All right. I want to thank everybody.
And uh, we're now going to close. Um, I want to thank everyone who shared, but I want you to join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today is 11578. 11,578 for the 7 a.m. June 28th meeting. And we'll now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. And I will ask Allison L. to read it for us. Thank you, Anita. Thank you for everyone being on the line. This is Allison L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.